Hello, 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 football fans. We are back with another ranking. This time we'll be talking about quarterbacks. Fantasy quarterbacks, the top 32. We're going to run through all the teams here. Every single team's quarterback, fantasy-wise, helping you win a championship in your league. But first off, hope everyone's doing well. Truly. I'm not just saying that. Hope everyone's having a great day. And with that being said, let's just jump right into these rankings so we can win y'all a, a fantasy championship. Number 32, we got Kyler Murray, and only really because he is listed as the starter of this team. There are other guys that are right behind him that will be playing because he is injured. He tore his ACL last I believe last December, maybe last January, he is likely to come back after, I don't know, five weeks, six weeks, but I actually saw a report today that said that he might just miss the whole season and in an effort for the Cardinals to tank for the top pick. So I'm talking about guys like Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon. We all know Colt McCoy. What he's done, he's a journeyman in this league. Clayton Toon from Houston, a rookie. What I what I've seen of him hasn't been that he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL. He doesn't have much pedigree compared to these other rookie quarterbacks. So Kyler Murray, even when he comes back, is going to be incredibly rusty. This entire QB situation in Arizona looks to be pretty ugly. So Kyler Murray. Listen, he's on this list. He's an NFL quarterback. When healthy, I think he's a good player. I'm a bigger fan of his maybe than other folks. But because it's a fantasy season. So if you miss a significant amount of time, you are, especially because the season is cut short in fantasy, it's not a, a regular season. You know, you're entering playoffs in week 14 in some leagues. So, or maybe even week 13. So Kyler Murray and the whole Cardinals Quarterback room at number 32. Moving to number 31, we got Baker Mayfield, the guy that has a second chance in the league <laughs> playing with, uh, or actually not even a second chance. This would be his third team because he went to the Rams, had an amazing first game, and then didn't finish out the season well. Or Matt Stafford came back or something like that. But he's getting another chance here. <laughs> Somehow. Um, no, actually, he played in Carolina as well. This is his fourth chance, and he is still starting on his fourth team after being kicked off of two or three other teams, essentially. Uh, beat out Kyle Trask. So good for him for that. Of course, I'm going to list positives and negatives of all these guys here. Positives. He is an NFL-worthy quarterback that did do well in Cleveland for a time. I think the good things about him, I think he is somewhat clutch, I would say. I think that's a positive attribute of his. I like that he, you know, he's kind of like a six foot, maybe slightly sub six foot guy that has a lot of tenacity and has an arm for sure. But the issue is that he's not accurate with that arm many times. Uh, I remember with the Cardinals. Last year, how many times he overthrew DJ Moore and all the other receivers on that team. And some of the passes that he threw just looked Lamar Jackson-like. Uh, 
if you want a little preview into what's coming in this ranking, he's just not he's just not accurate and he doesn't have a lot of the tools, but you know, he is a scrappy guy. He won this job and he's going to be playing with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He has some good weapons. He has Rashad White as well who is while not a great running back, he is a good pass catcher. So, Baker Mayfield at 31. At number 30, we have Bryce Young. And I know this might be a surprise to some of you. However, when you don't play a single snap in the NFL, of course, I'm going to keep the rookies very low on this list because college is not the same as the NFL. You need to see how they play in the NFL first before you're able to really ascend them into a lot of these rankings. Preseason isn't really enough. To me, based on what I've seen, in these first two preseason games, two out of the three preseason games, I don't know, in the third preseason, third preseason game, I don't think the starters are going to play. So Bryce Young has been the least impressive of the rookie quarterbacks of the, that were taken in the first round that I've seen. He is small, obviously. I mean, that, that that's not news to anybody. But also, he doesn't seem sure of himself. And maybe he's not sure of himself yet. Maybe that is to come. However, if I'm listing positives, of course, this guy has incredible pedigree. If you had you know, watched my reel on, on, uh, on Instagram about uh, Bryce Young, you'll know that throughout his entire life, he has been the best quarterback at every level of his life, from um, peewee to, to high school to, to college and by a good level, and he's been overcoming odds, so he has that. He has that experience to draw back from. However, this is a new level. This is a new level. This is the toughest level, and so far he has not looked great, and also his weapons are horrible. Uh, you're talking about uh, Adam Thielen, a very washed-up Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. DJ Chark is supposed to be their number one receiver. That might be the, the worst number one receiver in the league, so really what you're counting on is Jonathan Mingo as a rookie receiver being good or being serviceable. So maybe he throws to Miles Sanders sometimes. We'll see. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Miles Sanders either. So Bryce Song is going to have to prove himself here. But from what I've seen so far, he is at number 30. Moving to number 29, we got C.J. Stroud. He is another guy that went right behind Bryce Young, a rookie quarterback. I'm going to keep these rookie quarterbacks low because I haven't seen them play against NFL competition, or at least the ones. The good things I've seen from him. His improvement from week one of the preseason to week two of the preseason. He did get better. He is more composed, and I can see some of the uh, composure and fluid fluidness of a lot of his throws so he is he looks like that guy from Ohio State and some of it is is starting to translate a little bit. I still do question some of his decision making. Obviously, he's the guy that said coming out of the combine that he did terrible on those intellectual tests that they give. And he said, "I'm not I'm a football player. I don't need to be smart essentially or intelligent." And that's far from the truth when you're a quarterback. So I foresee him if he does not you know, focus on his acumen, his QB acumen, and it's just a, such a complex game, and the best defensive coordinators, the best minds 
are in the NFL and they're going to find a way to, you know, um, frazzle this guy and give him a lot of issues if he is not consistently using his head to find ways to crack defenses. And when you don't value that aspect of football, the intelligence aspect of football, especially as a quarterback, I think you may struggle. We saw that in week one. I think he got a little bit better in week two, but I can't put him any higher than number 29. So number 29, C.J. Stroud. Number 28, we have Anthony Richardson, a guy that I think, obviously, as you can see here, the best of those three quarterbacks that were taken high in the draft. This is another guy that had a very difficult week one, although he did show flashes of being mobile, obviously. I think he had some of the best metrics in terms of physical metrics, uh, speed, strength, uh, jumping ability, all those sorts of things in the combine, maybe ever. I think he set records for that. In week one, he showed that athleticism, but he did throw a really bad pick in Week two of the preseason, I saw significant growth. I see a lot of composure, and he's he, he's built well, and he is pretty decisive, more decisive than Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud from what I've seen. And, of course, he has that physical aspect to, to him, the ability to run, the ability to uh, move around, uh, more so than Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud. His weapons, of course, not that great, but you do have Michael Pittman. That's more than Stroud and Bryce Young have. So you do have a weapon there, and I noticed something about him as well that might prevent him from throwing more picks is he does that thing that Cam Newton and Tom Brady did, which is he is throwing the ball a little bit lower uh, to his receivers so that the ball doesn't have the opportunity to get tipped and picked. So... Of course, obviously very different results, Cam Newton and Tom Brady. However, I believe that instead of throwing it a little bit higher or at the numbers, throwing it a little bit lower into the bread basket, into you know, um, a, a place where the ball can't get tipped and it's more difficult to intercept, there is some wisdom to that. So I, I, I like that he does that. So if he continues to excel, I think that he can be – Great. He is a guy that has really shot up my 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 rankings relative to what I thought. I thought he might be the worst quarterback in the league, but and I think he has an opportunity to ascend. But like I said, I'm keeping these rookies a little bit lower here to begin because they have not experienced real number one NFL defenses. So Anthony Richardson, number twenty eight, <coughs> number twenty seven. We have Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers. Now, judging by my criteria here, he is probably the worst of the quarterbacks that have some experience, and that's what you're going to see as well. As we move up this list, having more experience and having more success in the NFL will land you higher on this list because you know what you're doing and you have already had success. But Jordan Love, what I've seen from him so far he is not the heir apparent to uh, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. He does not look great to me. I am not a big fan of their receivers, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Nor am I 
particularly a big fan of their aging running backs and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. He does have a good coach, a good coach for a quarterback. I will give that to him as a positive. So he will be more receptive, receptive, of course, to Matt LaFleur, more so than Aaron Rodgers was. And I know Matt LaFleur is extremely excited about that. So we will see possibly, I think the ceiling for this guy is the Jared Goff that we saw in Los Angeles with the Rams because he's essentially the mind of Steve Mc, Steve uh, Sean McVay. So, or what we saw with uh, Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo or really anybody you put in there because it's the mind of the coach that is being inserted into the the quarterback essentially. So that's about the po- the only positives I can give to Jordan Love because his play not exceptional to me. Don't have high expectations of him. Jordan Love at number 27. Moving into number 26 here, we have Desmond Ritter of the Falcons. He is finally getting an opportunity to play this season. The Marcus Mariota experiment failed last year, unfortunately. However, he does have an attribute of Marcus Mariota, which is he does not have much of an arm at all. He throws the ball very soft. He does not have a lot of velocity on his throws. Now, he does have a little bit of touch. And as I move into some of the positives here, I do like the potential of some of his weapons, obviously. When you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, guys that were there before that Marcus Mariota couldn't really uh, utilize, but they have tremendous skill, Kyle Pitts especially. And you have Bijan, who is not only a great runner, but a great pass catcher. And he's very young now, so he, he's going to have a lot of tread on those tires. And you have Tyler Algier, who I was a big fan of, basically just on the ground to help him out. So he has a lot of those good weapons. And he does have some, from what I saw from him, he, he is fairly accurate. But it's just, he's going to have to increase some of the velocity on some of his throws. Uh, this is something that... Going back to, I believe, last year, and we're going to get to, to him a little bit later, but Aaron Rodgers just lost a little bit of velocity. And when that happens, you are more more likely to throw interceptions, especially on deep balls. So Desmond Ritter, I can see him excelling in 10 yards or less, essentially, maybe 15 yards or less. But on deep balls, I do see him throwing a good number of interceptions because he has Sort of a weak arm from what I've seen. So Desmond Ritter at number 26. Number 25, we have Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. This is a guy that <clears throat> has been really impressing me over as you review his tape from last year and into the first couple weeks of this year in the preseason. He looks like an elevated Baker Mayfield physically. And maybe even in his, the way he plays, the way Baker Mayfield at played at his pinnacle is similar to what I see of Sam Howell. And Sam Howell might be even a little bit better. He is a little bit undersized. And he's playing in, or on a team that historically just hasn't been run very, very well, doesn't have great luck. I know they have new ownership. 
I don't know how long it's going to take for the culture to change there. But Howell, when you watch him play, he is decisive. He is a little bit mobile, but he is a little bit undersized. That's that's the only issue there. And you know, he can he can break out from that. Obviously, I'm not I'm not of the mind that just because you're undersized that you can't excel. Look at Russell Wilson. Look at a lot of these guys. Even Kyler Murray, when he's healthy, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So. The reason why he's at 25 here is because there's just not enough uh, tape. I think he's only started one or two games in the NFL, maybe only one against the the Cowboys last year. So there's just not enough tape there. But he has the potential to really skyrocket up this list. So Sam Howell, I have at number 25. At number 24, we have Kenny Pickett, a guy that has been shooting up a lot of fantasy football experts list I didn't see much of him I I didn't see a lot of things last year from him that would cause me to put him any higher than this in the preseason I have seen marginal improvement but not on the level that would put him any higher than 24 he does look the part Absolutely. He does have weapons, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And really, if if you don't use George Pickens more this year, Steelers, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing? A lot of people are pigeonholing this guy as just a guy that makes incredible catches and he is the incredible catch guy. What is that? I, I, don't, I don't really understand why people are saying that. Deontay Johnson, he... He's been given he he's the number one receiver on this team, but he has been given chances to excel and he hasn't really taken them. So the George Pickens to Pickett connection, I remember was very strong last year. So the more you can get the ball to Pickens and, and drop those plays and, and set Pickens as the number one guy, I think the more success uh Pickett is gonna have. Uh, he's a little bit of a wild card. I know he didn't start every game last year. He does have a lot more experience in these other guys on this list, say for maybe Baker Mayfield. It's a little bit of a wild card here. He has good upside, but from what I saw last year, I wasn't incredibly impressed. So 24 suits him. Kenny Pickett at 24. At 23, Lamar Jackson. Listen, I know this is going to be the controversial one. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know I am not a fan of Lamar Jackson and I am not a fan of the way that his game as a quarterback is going to age in the league. He is a fantastic runner. He is a reckless runner. He doesn't slide, and that's why he's been injured so much. But his skills as a pure passer, it's its a connection with Mark Andrews. It's dump-offs to running backs. It's finding space. It's really what he does is he scares the defense into thinking that he's going to run because he has a potential to run. And then really he just finds easy targets within 5 to 10 yards. But if you really break down his mechanics as a thrower and how many passes to wide open receivers he's missed, he is is killing the career of Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman should be one of the elite receivers in the league. And now they're getting, you know, Odell Beckham and, and Zay Flowers, who they're saying is flying in in practice and a lot of these games as well. 
so maybe those will inflate some of his stats. Maybe you do quick throws to Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers does the rest with his speed, or maybe you do quick slants to Odell Beckham, who really, that's how he made his name in the NFL. Rashad Bateman, I'm sorry. I, I mean, the, the skill set of Rashad Bateman is a is a deep threat, is a is a clear number one receiver, and Lamar Jackson doesn't have the skill set to get Rashad Bateman the ball. So Lamar Jackson, one of those guys, I could see him getting injured again because of the reckless style that he plays. He is not an accurate passer, and once his legs go, his career is going to end quickly. I, and I'm sorry to say it, uh, you don't like to see that, but it's just something that I foresee is going to happen. So at number 23, Lamar Jackson and ba- uh, Baltimore, you guys were um, dumb to pay him. I'm sorry. Number 22, we got Mac Jones of the New England Patriots, a guy that is <clears throat> on a little bit of shaky ground here with his job simply because Bill Belichick is a little bit enigmatic He's a little impatient. He's coming off Tom Brady, who was the greatest quarterback of all time. He doesn't know what to do now that he has average quarterback play, and that's what I feel about Mac Jones, really. I think he's below average, really, relative to the rest of the, the league. Some weird thing about him, I, I notice that he wears shoulder pads and, and a uniform that is too big for him. I think he needs to uh, get a, a tighter fit because he looks kind of bulky out there. But he has those standard quarterback mechanics that are made for the NFL, was great at Alabama. His weapons in Devontae Parker, Juju Smith, they're getting Juju. I think that is an improvement maybe over what they had last year. Those can be good. Um, But the downside is he doesn't follow through on a lot of his passes. He's not exceptionally mobile. There's just nothing to, to be excited about this guy. And and the players behind him, Bailey Zappi and uh, Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham, by the way, could and should really be or given the chance to be a starting quarterback in this league. He looked very good in the preseason. But Mac Jones here, I'm putting him right above Lamar Jackson just because I'm not a fan of Lamar and Mac Jones, of course, is the only guy really here other than Baker Mayfield that has had a full season to uh, play quarterback other than, of course, Lamar Jackson, like I mentioned. But really, other than that, he's not that great. And he might lose his job, admittedly. But he does have a quarterback set. I think if he does lose his job in New England, he'll probably find a job somewhere else. But nothing exceptional about him. Mac Jones at number 22. Number 21, we have Matthew Stafford here, a guy that is coming off an injury, a guy that is, of course, uh, quite old relative to uh, the rest of the league. He is in that Aaron Rodgers tier. I think he's maybe the only quarterback that is, um, or he's, Aaron Rodgers maybe is the only starting quarterback that is that is older than him. He has elbow issues, obviously, but until he shows that he is no longer going to be able to play in the NFL. He is still extremely, extremely talented. He has great quarterback skills, has great acumen, can throw the no-look passes, has Cooper Cup on his team who is top five wide receiver. 
maybe top three if he stays healthy. He had a hamstring injury in, in the preseason or in training camp. He is back from that. And Cooper Cup is one of those guys that I would trust to be very diligent in his recovery and in his comeback. So out of respect for Matthew Stafford and what I know he can be when he's healthy and if he is healthy, then Matthew Stafford is properly placed here at number 21. And number 20, we have the guy that from my old team, or uh, used to play for for my team for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. This guy has had extremely, extremely bad luck with the Broncos so far. And to think he could have still been on the Seahawks, it's I feel bad for him. I just I feel bad for Russell. When you talk about his receivers this offseason, KJ Hamler, he is out on or I think they waived him because he has a heart condition. So best of luck to, to KJ Hamler. Tim Patrick, who is one of their best receivers, tore his Achilles out for the season. I think today or maybe a couple of days ago, Jerry Judy was carted off of practice with a hamstring injury. They say he's going to miss several weeks. So really all you have now is Cortland Sutton and Mims. Uh, I'm not sure which Mims it is, but, I mean, that's your second receiver. Cortland Sutton, I think, has a little bit of skill, but hasn't really been able to put it all together. And I don't think he's he's the ideal receiver for Russell Wilson. The, the receivers Russell Wilson excels with are who he excelled with in Seattle. Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, the guys that can make plays out of nothing. And that's what Jerry Judy kind of was. So losing Jerry Judy for those few weeks is going gonna, is gonna to come to the detriment of Russell Wilson. Now he finally has the quarterback he's always wanted in Sean Payton. But Sean Payton is kind of a hard ass, and he is not going to allow Russell Wilson to have his own QB coach. He may not allow him to have that office that he had when, his, when the Broncos' previous coach was there. So it can really go either way. In the preseason, Russell Wilson has looked better. He has slimmed down. He, he looks good, but also when you look at Javante Williams, I mean, even this guy is very hesitant coming back from injury. He, w- he would have been a great weapon for him. So maybe Javante comes into, comes into form eventually, uh, trusts his knee more. Maybe Jerry Judy has an expedited return date. Maybe he comes back in week two or week three. That's the ideal scenario for Russell Wilson. We all know Russell Wilson possibly on a Hall of Fame trajectory based on what he did in Seattle and still on the back end of his prime, possibly. I know he had a terrible season last year, but could be on the back end of his prime. He has proven people wrong before. I'm a a fan of Russell Wilson, but I need to see it. Russell Wilson, number 20. Moving to number 19, we got Jimmy G. The star Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Of the Las Vegas Raiders. A very complex career Jimmy has had with the Niners and the Patriots, and then him finally end, ending up here. Has a bit of an injury history. I mean, that's uh, that's very clear. That is really why he has continued to move from team to team. 
he does does do this weird thing when pressure is on him. He tries to throw the ball and then turn around and just kind of fall on the floor, try to protect himself in a very kind of scared type of way, self-preservation, because he has been injured a lot. So really, can you really blame him that much? The positives, <clears throat> he's playing with Devontae Adams, who is the best wide receiver in the league. I don't care what anyone says about Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup, those are they're all great and they're all they fill out probably the rest of the top five. But Devontae Adams is number one as both a catcher of the ball in running routes and especially what sets him apart as number one is the effort he gives after he catches the ball. The yak. He really cares about that, even as an elite number one receiver. The running back position for this team is in flux. Josh Jacobs They say he's going to come back, hasn't been back. Zamir White, I think he has some potential, but really, who knows? He hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet. And the other guys on this roster, they lost Waller. They got Michael Mayer. He's a rookie tight end. A lot of unknowns on this team. Matt Collins. We'll see. Really, the reason why he's he's this high, he has pedigree. He has played in the Super Bowl. He has the potential, and he has Devontae Adams. And Josh McDaniel, of course, is supposedly the QB whisperer or architected, you know, those offenses of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. So there is some hope there for him. So Jimmy Garoppolo at number 19. (coughs) Number 18, we got Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. And I know he's at 18 here, not quite the middle of the pack, but around the NFL has something called the Dalton scale, which is the very the prime meridian of quarterbacks and if you have anybody that is above this guy he is a franchise QB and if you have anyone below him then they're not franchise QBs this is the guy he is right there in the middle he is solid he has you know you don't really have to worry about him really breaking things apart and 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 destroying your team but he's not going to be exceptional and the titans continue to draft quarterbacks the past two years malik willis and and uh, will levis both of which who uh, seem to be pretty terrible i mean malik willis was maybe the worst quarterback i've ever seen last year in his time and they're saying according to reports that will levis can't even beat malik willis out in practice so really, you're going to have to go with Ryan Tannehill here, who is good and who just got DeAndre Hopkins as a weapon to go with Traylon Burks and to go with their tight end, who has a difficult name to pronounce, who is also good. And of course, you got Derrick Henry and you got Ty J Spears, who can be a great one-two punch at running back. They have weapons. They have Mike Vrabel, who is a great defensive coach. The infrastructure around Ryan Tannehill will likely allow him or propel him to succeed. The only thing about him is, of course, he's a little bit older, and he could get injured. And that's what happened to him last year, why they had to go and find Josh Dobbs and these other guys that uh, couldn't play, Malik Willis. But Ryan Tannehill at number 18, I think properly placed. Number 17, we got Daniel Jones. Of the New York Giants, the guy that just got paid, the guy that is 
gaining weapons. Got Darren Waller. Saquon was healthy all of last year. That's an exception. I like their other tight end here. His name escapes me now, but he is also quite good. Darius Slayton, I think he is a really underrated guy. I think he can be a tremendous possession receiver. I think he could be a great number two or number three receiver on a great, great elite team. Jalen Hyatt, I guess we'll see. He, he, he looks to be a little bit of a speedster. But their coach, Brian Dayball, he just kind of makes things happen. I mean, we, we, we saw last year. They really overperformed as a team. Daniel Jones is extremely athletic. Extremely, extremely athletic. He is one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. Something you wouldn't expect from a guy in his frame. Uh, and the way he moves is actually not not only just you know north south but also east west and the of course i say that to to say in in the Barry Sanders type of east west he he is very mobile moving back and forth and his his um footwork is is quite good <clears throat> and with better weapons this year i think that he has the ability to continue to ascend if he worked this offseason on eliminating some of the bad throws and the tentativeness and, and things that kept us from thinking that Daniel Jones could be a top of the uh, uh, of the ha top half of the league quarterback. So at number 17, Daniel Jones. At number 16, we got Brock Purdy and I know what I said before about Basically, ranking these players based on how much experience they have in the league and more experience, the higher I'll put them on this list. And that is mostly the rule here, but this is the exception because Brock Purdy was essentially perfect in playing his, what did he play? Maybe uh, a quarter of the games, uh, a quarter of the season last year, where I maybe played six games or so, seven games. But he was perfect. He, I think he had a perfect record, maybe I think six or seven and oh. Until he got injured, and what was supposed to be a serious injury, but he now he's coming back early. It seems from it, he is just extremely solid, and he is another guy that is in that mold of. He looks like Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell. You know, they just kind of look. They look the same physically. I don't say that. I'm not saying that they play the same. I'm just saying they look the same physically, and Brock Purdy is like the top level of that and then you have like the the two other levels it's Brock Purdy here Sam Howell and then Baker Mayfield on a great offense with Shanahan and what he showed last year his proclivity to make the right throw to he has that acumen he has that QB acumen that you're looking for and as a Seahawks supporter I hate it because he seems to be just a really really smart quarterback the downsides, just maybe his his frame and the fact that he's just coming back from an injury. There, there's some for some reason a lot of talk about these other quarterbacks in San Francisco, with Sam Darnold and even Trey Lance now. I don't get it. Just go with Brock Purdy. He he seems to be even though they these other guys Trey Lance and and Sam Darnold were drafted so much higher in the draft than him. Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. You, you you just gotta go with this guy. You gotta go who you, you gotta go based on merit. He is the best quarterback on this team. 
And the reason why he's not number 16 and not higher than this is because he hasn't played a full season. So we don't really know what he's going to do uh, against all of the talent in the league. But he could have sent up this list, unfortunately for me, as a Seahawks fan, like I mentioned. Moving on to number 15. We got Jared Goff, who ended last year with a ton of momentum and a guy that is near and dear to my heart because of what he did to the Packers and getting the Seahawks into the playoffs. He has had a roller coaster of a career. Starting with Jeff Fisher, he was awful, awful, really, really bad. And then Sean McVay came in and revived his career, talking into his ear and basically feeding him the place. He was Sean McVay on the field, essentially. But then as that wore on and, and, and defenses adapted to it, he really started to become below average, not great. We started to see some of his flaws. And then he was traded to the Lions for Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford is better in every way than him other than age. And he started in Detroit just kind of okay. But what he did at the end of last season, that the second half of last season, he is just like locked in. He is locked in, and he has. I like his weapons as well. I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I like, you know, now he has Jameer Gibbs. I like the um, the Lions tight end. His name is escaping me as well, but he just finds ways to find his receivers. They have David Montgomery now as well. I think he's going to be a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He is just. He is now. Coming back into that, you know, that really good form that he had with Sean McVay for a while. So you got to give him respect. He did get to a Super Bowl, played there as well. So number 15, Jared Goff. Number 14, possibly a controversial one here. Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints. I am higher on Derek Carr than a lot of people. I think he has good attributes for a quarterback. I think he is an accurate passer of the ball. And I think there is something that he does that is interestingly the opposite of what I described Cam Newton and Anthony Richardson and Tom Brady doing, which is throwing it low. He throws it high, but higher than where you would get an interception. He throws it in a place where you get defensive pass interference calls so he is cerebral in that way and I think he draws more defensive because he just like throws moon balls essentially and he throws them in the right place so I think he I would guess that he has drawn more defensive pass interference calls than anybody else in the league he's in a good situation Chris Olave resurgence of Michael Thomas Rashid Shaheed Alvin Kamara when he comes back. Jamal Williams has good weapons. Jawan Johnson, the tight end. His coach, not great. But you know what? Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. He could have a resurgence here. And he has heart. Miles and miles of heart. This guy plays with his heart on his sleeve. Very emotional. It's easy to root for him. So... I'm hoping he does well. Derek Carr, number 14. Number 13, we got Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. This is a guy that plays 
opposite of the style that I typically like in a quarterback. However, he is the best, most composed running quarterback in the league. The way he runs is efficient and fast, and he knows when to go out of bounds and knows when to, 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 to go down. He is what Russell Wilson was, but a little bit better than that in his cognizance of where he needs to be running-wise. Exceptional. Really, 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 really good at that. And in fantasy, that is very valuable to have, especially if you play in those leagues that is four points for a passing touchdown instead of six. So he's going to get you rushing touchdowns. And he's on an offense where the running backs on that team, while Khalil Herbert and... Deonta Foreman and Roshan Johnson are good. They're not elite. So he will get some of those goal line carries and will get some of those rushes. And his weapons, I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I mean, if Justin Fields can't get him the ball, I feel really bad for DJ Moore that he is such a great receiver that hasn't played with guys that know how to get him the ball. And I like Darnell Mooney. I think he's a great receiver as well. And, by the way, they have Chase Claypool as a number three receiver. This guy was supposed to break out as the best receiver in, in, in Pittsburgh. He showed uh, uh, um, glimpses of that. So, the weapons are there. There's no excuse. Cole Komet, there's no excuse. So, Justin Fields, it's time to, to break out. I hope he worked on his passing game this offseason. Justin Fields, number 13. Number 12, we got a guy that I am higher on than most people, Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns. I understand everything that's happened to him in his career. It's unfortunate, and it seems a little unfair to me, to be honest with you. I know there's a lot of haters of this guy. I'm not a hater of this guy. He has MVP capability. We all saw that. We all saw that in Houston. He has... QB acumen, he has elusiveness, he has fluidity, he knows how to play the position, knows how to find people. He is a great, great player that you can get at a great value because at the end of last year he hadn't played, he hadn't played in like two years, and he came back and people were panning him because, well, I mean, what do you expect? You don't play for two years, you got to knock the rust off. But he played this preseason, and he looked good. And he has Amari Cooper and Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones and the addition of Elijah Moore, who they're saying looks really good. And, of course, David Njoku. And, you know, one of the best running backs in the league and, and Nick Chubb. I think he's primed to have a good year. I think he's primed to start re reclaiming that MB, MVP form that he once had. And he could really ascend up this list. So Deshaun Watson at number 12. Number uh, number eleven, we got my guy Geno Smith. Geno, Geno, Geno. The Seattle Seahawks, the resurgence of a lifetime, the comeback player of the year, the guy that got written off but didn't write back though. Geno, amazing weapons. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Tight ends, not bad too. Will Disley, Noah Fant. Cody Parkinson. Of course, I know a lot about this team and this guy because 
this is my team, the team that I support. And Jake Bobo. Jake Bobo might be the number three receiver on this team because Jackson Smith and Jigma might be getting surgery. And also the, those great running backs, Ken Walker and, and Zach Charbonnet. And I hope, I hope that Seattle's offensive line coming together, coming together this year. I, I think they can do okay. On defense, I don't know how well they'll do, they'll do, but on offense, I think they can be special. And he showed that last year. The, the thing I like most about Geno is his reluctance to throw interceptions. He is one of the most careful uh, quarterbacks in the league at that, along with you know Aaron Rodgers. He's like on that level. He does take sacks. I understand that he's not perfect, and he has a little bit of inconsistency. But he is just the, the, some of the throws he made. He was if you don't remember, he was an MVP candidate last year, both comeback player of the year and MVP candidate. And I don't see how he can really fail with these types of weapons and that type of accuracy and that type of carefulness not to throw interceptions. I think he's going to do well for you in your in your fantasy leagues. He has a skill set that is good for fantasy leagues. Now, you know, if you're in a league that takes points away when they take sacks, then maybe you're not that great. He does throw the ball away as well. So if they dock points for that, then maybe not that great. But with everything else, with those, I mean, those three might be the the best um, three-person receiver duo or th- three-person receiver collective in the league. So Geno Smith at number 11. And number 10 here, and you probably saw some of the colors before if you're watching on YouTube. And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube... That'd be amazing if you could subscribe on YouTube. I would really appreciate it. Number 10, we got Kirk Cousins, the classic quarterback here that is corny and funny and uh, just fun to watch. Minnesota Vikings, really good player. I mean, the 1 p.m. king. We're talking about the 1 p.m. king here. You know, when he plays in prime time, completely different player, unfortunately. But really, I'm not even getting exaggerated. One of the best quarterbacks at 1 p.m. maybe we've ever seen. And, of course, he has Justin Jefferson, who is, in my opinion, the second best wide receiver in the league. Addition of Jordan Addison could be a great one. Alexander Madison, I think, is is okay as well. K.J. Osborne, I think, can be okay, too. They're... Tight end, TJ Hawkinson, very good, very good player. Kirk Cousins, very, very solid. I mean, he's been, for years, a very, very good player at the precipice of being, you know, top five if he really puts everything together. And he deserves to be top ten. I mean, there's no way Kirk Cousins, you can tell me Kirk Cousins is outside of the top ten. So, at number ten, Kirk Cousins. And number nine, we got Tua Tagovailoa, an incredibly, incredibly interesting case study. The one thing, and if you haven't seen this, go online and check this out. There is a video that shows what Tua, it reverses the video, all his highlights, and it shows what he would look like if he was right-handed. 
and he looks elite, exceptional. There's something about his mechanics that don't make him look like uh, a great quarterback, but when you reverse it, it's weird what how our mind does that. He has continued to increase his level of play throughout his career. And, of course, you have to think about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. And being in an offense with that genius, Mike McDaniel, that offensive genius, and they just seem to flow well together. And it's just a fun offense. And, and honestly, their, their running backs, uh, Miles Gaskin, Salvon Ahmed, shout out UW, they're great as pass catchers. And not even to mention Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And and I know maybe for to have one guy, I mean, if you put all the running backs together, it would be a great, great running back. But I think they're, more, they're better as pass catchers than they are as running backs. So when you put all that together and you account for his growth and seems to be like a very smart guy and, of course... I hope that offensive line protects him this year because he had a lot of those scary concussions last year, and that's really why people are kind of down on him because of that. But he is excelling. He definitely is excelling in the league. Tua, number nine. And Ryan Clark, why are you calling him a fat stripper? Like, what's up with that? Uh, Keep that to yourself. Anyway, Dak Prescott, we got here at number eight. Um... Okay, Dak Prescott could be a top three quarterback, in my opinion, if not for all of those interceptions. I talked to this, I, I talk about this to Naif and, and Omar Yusuf and all the, the Cowboys fans in my life, and, and, and there are many. He has a proclivity to throw based on where he thinks the receiver should be. And doesn't have that thing in his brain to look elsewhere or take a sack or throw it away. He is just, he will throw it there. He has, he makes those anticipation throws and that's where the a majority of his interceptions come from. And man, what you, what you saw during this pre, uh, preseason and during training camp with Trevon Diggs really laying into him, calling him crap and just trying to get into his head. There, I mean, this is a, a crossroads for Dak Prescott. How is he going to respond to that? I think Trevon Diggs is trying to do a tough love type of thing. But will it get to his head? Because he is earning a reputation now. And even guys like Nayev have said, this is, this is a year that's going to be really important for Dak. Because if he doesn't excel this year, he doesn't improve, he doesn't cut down the interceptions. Dallas Cowboys are a big team with a big fan base. They're going to, be, they're going to start looking elsewhere. If not... You know, at the end of this season, the next season, and if not that, then maybe the season after that. But Dak Prescott was supposed to be a lifer with the Cowboys. And if he doesn't cut those interceptions down and have some success in the playoffs, then it could be the end of the road for him. But, of course, the reason why he's not number eight, if I haven't said his positives already, incredible. Has has everything you want in a quarterback. Um, the mechanics, the uh, mobility, the acumen all those great things really solid player but cut down on the interceptions moving to number seven 
Right above him here, we got Jalen Hurts. I'm sure this is going to upset a lot of Cowboys fans. <laughs> but another guy that I was low on when he got into the league because I thought he was just a, a runner, essentially. Got his job taken by the guy two spots below him, two of Tagovailoa at Alabama, who I thought was the better pure quarterback. Jalen Hurts last year really, really surprised me. He has really gotten better year after year after year. Uh, it's a very impressive arc. Of course, he is a good runner, very solid runner, kind of like a a Big Ben, Cam Newton type, very, you know, like um, stocky essentially. And, and I, that's how he made his name really in, in college football as a, as a decent thrower but like a really good runner. But he put it all together this year, taking advantage of having great weapons in A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, another duo that are in contention for the best wide receiver duo in the league, and Dallas Goddard. And now you have great weapons at running back in DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, and even Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. They're all good. So this guy almost won a Super Bowl last year, and he was deserving of it. Now, can he keep this up? Is he going to continue to iterate upward? If he does, then he can be a great, great quarterback. He could – well, he's not going to elevate to, to Patrick Mahomes or, or some of these other guys. But if you – we don't know. We don't know what iterating up for him could look like. But, you know, is this a plateau that he's reached or can he continue to get better? But either way, extremely solid with extremely – Good weapons. Jalen Hurts at number seven. Number six, we got Aaron Rodgers. This might be a shock to some people. I know on some lists this guy is outside the top ten or into the top fifteen. But you know, I, I did mention earlier what I saw from him a little bit last year is he's lost that fastball a little bit. And he does some weird, crazy stuff during the offseason. Ayahuasca and and sensory deprivation room and just seems to be a very eccentric guy where football doesn't even seem to be that important to him but he is incredibly 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 talented one of the best quarterbacks of all time top 10 and he does not throw interceptions his I mean, if you watched our greatest quarterbacks of all time podcast uh, earlier this summer the number of interceptions he has relative to how many passes he's thrown as an elite quarterback is I think he, he I think he might have the best ratio ever ever so having that in addition to his mobility in addition to his you know fight and kind of will to to win in game remove his personality I know he can be kind of like a like a dick on the field and his exceptional passing and great acumen as a quarterback, putting all those things together. He's incredible. And this situation now, he has Garrett Wilson. He has some of his other guys that he, he liked from Green Bay, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Nicole Hardman, and a lot of running backs as well in Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter and Iddy, uh, Izzy complicated last name and Zonovan Knight if he stays on this team 
and good and good tight ends as well. And I think a good offensive line. And he has a great defense on this team. So the pieces are there for Aaron Rodgers to succeed. The only wild card is it's the Jets. And they're a terrible franchise. I'm sorry, uh, Zeuser. But uh, they've shown themselves to be a, a franchise that, that seems to be a little bit cursed or a little bit like the, the, the New York Mets. So that's the wild card here. Moving on to number five. We got Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is incredible the way he got better after getting rid of Urban Meyer. Really, that was the only bump in his entire football career because at Clemson, he was the one of the most touted quarterbacks of all time coming out of college. And on the level of Andrew Luck, or John Elway, I mean, they're really, he's like top three in, in how much uh, acclaim he had coming out of college. And he's starting to show it now. And he has a great, great quarterback coach in Doug Peterson. And, you know, I talked about best wide receiver duos in the league, best wide receiver trios. <clears throat> when you go across the his receiver platform, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. All five of those guys, and Travis, you know, throw Travis Etienne in there, and even Tank Bigsby. All, all those guys, of the five guys, the first five guys that I mentioned, seem like the same player to me, and they are all above average receivers. All of them. None of them are below average. And they all look the same. Well, Evan Ingram actually looks like a receiver to me. It doesn't even look like a tight end. So when you have that level of consistency and you have the all-time great quarterback that Trevor Lawrence has been, or was in college and has the potential to be in the NFL, you have a great recipe. And riding that momentum of that comeback in the playoffs last year against the Chargers, it's a recipe for – it could be something special for the, for the Jaguars this year. And they added another piece on on defense as well. That's very good in the first round. I forget his name, but they have they have at all levels of the defense now. They they're looking good. So Trevor Lawrence at number five. Number four, we got Joe Burrow here. The Cincinnati Bengals had a little bit of a tough off season here, where he injured his knee a little bit in. Non-contact. I don't think anybody touched him. He just kind of twisted his knee, stepped on it wrong. And I'm going to start with the negatives and then move into the positives with this guy. The reason why he's not at number four, he could have been higher on this list, is he runs more than he should. There is no reason for him to run as much as he does. He should not be doing it. He doesn't need to do it. And he had a catastrophic season-ending knee injury in his first year in the NFL. <clears throat> came back, went to the Super Bowl the next year, came back and had an amazing, amazing season this past year. And I think they got far in the playoffs. I, f I forget where they got exactly. But continues to run and, and, and expose himself in a way that elite quarterbacks should not, should not be doing. So I am scared 
for him because of the fact that he does that. Everything else about him, amazing, amazing quarterback, composed, acumen, cool, mobile, has great receivers. Again, this is contention for the great, uh, the the best wide receiver trio in the league, in in T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and and Jamar Chase, obviously. And Hayden Hurst is good. Uh, the running backs uh, a little weak. Joe Mixon and and really who's behind him, I don't know. But one of the elites of the elites in the league and extremely fun to watch. So Joe Burrow at number four. Number three, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. A guy that, you know, many perceive as the best quarterback in the league. He is a guy, elite athleticism, runs extremely well, and, and runs really like a like a running back. I mean, the way uh, he is a guy that even though he doesn't really shy away from contact, the way he's built and the way he runs, uh, defenders, defenders fear him, especially defensive backs. And... As a quarterback, one of the strongest arms in history from what I understand. A lot of people, if you listen to a lot of quarterbacks throughout history and people that have studied the game, they say that Josh Allen has like a top five uh, cannon of an arm in, in, in history, maybe even top three. Really good weapons. Stephon Diggs, hopefully he, he he's come out recently. He was like a little bit disgruntled earlier. But he's come out and really in full force uh, uh, embraced the, uh, the the Bills as his team very, very recently. So that's a good sign. And I think that's going to allow this team to do a little better. Gabe Davis, a lot, there's a lot of talk about him really ascending this year. And um, is it Khalil Shakir, the third, the third receiver on his team? He's also very good too. In addition to those, those two tight ends they have now, they got... Uh, um, Dawson Knox and I think is it Dalton Kincaid? They got they got one of the top tight ends in the league in the draft this year as a rookie. Uh, and of course, that's not to mention one of my favorite running backs, uh, uh, James Cook. And they got Damian Harris as well if they want to use him if he stays healthy. So, <clears throat> ton of weapons, ton of potential. And you know he battled Patrick Mahomes in that battle. I think last year or two or two years ago. They've been on the precipice of getting to a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl. But the only thing that keeps him here at number three relative to some of these other guys is he throws picks. He's a little reckless. And sometimes at at inopportune times, that's the only thing. It's not as much as a lot of these other quarterbacks, which is why he's number three. But he can be a little bit reckless you know those are some of the memories i have of him being a little reckless and he seems to cut it down year after year so maybe if he continues to cut it down he'll be even better josh allen number three number two we got justin herbert what a player i mean i will never forget that game that he had against the raiders with the playoffs on the line that is one of the greatest qb performances i have ever seen and uh, hopefully that sparks you to a- after this to to go watch that the highlights of that video. He is this guy is tenacious. He plays through big injuries. I think he played through like broken ribs or uh, something else happened with his his ligaments or bone. Exceptional player, great acumen, great mobility, um, 
has really, really good weapons. Keenan Allen, one of the, you know, um, possession receiver par excellence. He has a legit number one guy as well, big receiver in, in, in Mike Williams. Uh, Austin Eckler is one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league for as long as he's on this team. Elijah Dotson is going to come on, uh, and even if wherever Austin Eckler goes, uh, Elijah Dotson is an amazing running back for this team. And he is primed He is primed to succeed. In, all throughout his life, even at Oregon, he was really good, by the way. Of course, I hate Oregon as a, as a Washington fan, but... He's a lot better in the NFL than he even at, was at Oregon, and he was a top prospect at Oregon. So excited about the things that Justin Herbert can do here. But the reason why he's not number one is because there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes in the league of the Kansas City Chiefs, and there is nobody like him in the league currently. And if you ask a lot of guys like Naif or whatever, you'll say they'll say he he's one of they'll say he's the best quarterback of all time. Uh, I'm not quite there yet, um, but he is on that trajectory. I mean, you can't really deny the things that he does, uh, composed, athletic, does things with the football that um, it's like freaking Harlem Globetrotters type of stuff. Andy Reid is his coach, uh, one of the best quarterback minds of all time, uh, the best quarterback mind and offensive mind in the league currently. Has Travis Kelsey, who is possibly the greatest tight end of all time. Has Isaiah Pacheco, who is a tremendous pass-catching back. Who I, I'm, a, I'm a really, really big fan of Isaiah Pacheco. And he just makes the best of the receivers that he has, which at this point is fill in the blank. I don't know. Sky Moore, um, Kadarius Toney. I, I was actually a really big fan of Kadarius Toney. Uh, the way he plays, actually is a little bit like Devontae Adams. If he if he puts things together and he, he I don't know, his headspace is really weird. He can't really get his emotions together, Kadarius Tony as a as a player. But um if he's able to do that, I think he can be a, a really great receiver and contribute well to this team. But Patrick Mahomes multiple time uh MVP and 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 Super Bowl winner has only been in the league for five years, so he has a lot of, of uh upward mobility that he can do as well but number one Patrick Mahomes so ladies and gentlemen that'll do it for this top 32 quarterback ranking for the fantasy football season really looking forward to it fantasy football season starts soon I hope uh, this helps you in your draft I hope you, you haven't drafted yet I I'm a big advocate of of drafting really like on Labor Day <laughs> like after all the games are are done so you can see like oh are there any last minute injuries last minute cuts last minute trades whatever so i hope you guys are doing that as well um it's been fantastic doing this uh podcast and you know interacting with you guys on the social media platforms as well um i really really do appreciate you guys i'm not just saying that i really do appreciate it and uh, there's a lot of uh, pages you can go to uh, for this type of stuff, but I'm, I'm glad that you're taking time um, to come here. And uh, I hope that I can you know, really help you guys in, in your leagues and, and just to have fun too. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and, and, and subscribe. That would be great. Um, if you are uh, listening on a podcast platform like Spotify, uh, it would be great if you followed us and gave us a, uh, a rating. 
Uh, leave a comment. Uh, same thing for Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora. I can't think of any of the other ones. Let me know what, what podcast platform you're, you're listening on. There's some other like kind of weird ones, Xero or something like that. You guys listen on, on some stuff. Let me know about them. And uh, we're also on uh, Instagram and X, formerly Twitter, and TikTok as well. It just jumped on TikTok. So any of those that you're on there as well, find us. And yeah, that'll do it. I think we'll move to wide receivers and tight ends next. It's been great doing this podcast. And until next time, have a fantastic day, football fans.